Today's New Testament reading is from Revelation, the second chapter. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, The words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. Yet this you have. You hate the works of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. To the angel of the church in Smyrna write the words of the first and the last who died and came to life. I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich, and the slander of those who say that they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and for ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. And to the angel of the church in Pergamum write the words of him who has the sharp two-edged sword. I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. Yet you hold fast my name, and you did not deny my faith, even in the days of Antipas my faithful witness, who was killed among you, where Satan dwells. But I have a few things against you. You have some there who hold the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel, so that they might eat food sacrificed to idols and practice sexual immorality. So also you have some who hold the teaching of the Nicolaitans. Therefore, repent. If not, I will come to you soon and war against them with the sword of my mouth. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will give some of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone with a new name written on the stone that no one knows except the one who receives it. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira write the words of the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your works, your love and faith and service and patient endurance, and that your latter works exceed the first. But I have this against you, that you tolerate that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality.
Behold, I will throw her onto a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her I will throw into great tribulation, unless they repent of their works, and I will strike her children dead. And all the churches will know that I am he who searches mind and heart, and I will give to each of you according to your works. But to the rest of you in Thyatira, who do not hold this teaching, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan, to you I say, I do not lay on you any other burden. Only hold fast what you have until I come. The one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron, as when earthen pots are broken in pieces, even as I myself have received authority from my Father and I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. This is the word of the Lord. For today's meditation on God's word, we welcome Pastor Duncan McClellan. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Revelation chapter 2, our text for today. Before we jump into our text... Unless you're driving, I need you to stop doing whatever it is you're doing and repeat after me. Revelation is not scary. Okay, let's do that again. Revelation is not scary. Okay, now with that fact firmly impressed in your mind, let's figure out what's going on here. Let's take a look at the context. In chapter 1, John has received a vision of one like a son of man, calling to mind the book of Daniel. And he describes this one in terms fit for the deity himself, and for a good reason. This is the resurrected and ascended Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus has a message for the church undergoing persecution. Seven messages, actually, for the church in seven different cities. And so in Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3, we get the letters to those seven churches in Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And each one of those seven letters follows the same pattern. It begins with the words, to the angel of the church of, and then the name of the city, and then it says, the words of him who, and then it gives a description and of an element of the Son of Man taken from his description given back in chapter 1, and then he goes on to say, I know both positive and negative things about that church, and then each of the letters to the seven churches wraps up with him saying, to the one who conquers, and then the promise of something good, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now, not only does this ground the book of Revelation in history and geography, but it also tells us something about the realities of being a Christian. Now, I want to focus on three things the letters to the churches in Revelation teach us about the Christian life. The least surprising lesson from the letters to the churches is that the church of the Lord Jesus will face persecution. When we were baptized, and later when we confirmed our faith, we became the sworn enemies of the devil and sin. It's not surprising that he would try to fight back. Secondly, the church has never been perfect. Now, how many times have you heard someone say that they'd like to get back to being the first century church? Now, while that may be preferable in some ways, the church in the first century was far from perfect. A good number of the epistles that we have in our Bible were written to combat either false doctrine or reckless, sinful living 
by members of the first century church. The letters to the Corinthians, Galatians, James, Second Peter, and Jude, just to name a few. Peter and Paul had a falling out, as did Paul and Barnabas. And here, in Revelation chapters 2 and 3, the churches each have something that the Lord himself feels compelled to address. There has never been a perfect church. Your church is not perfect, and if you go trying to find the perfect church, you'll be searching literally until kingdom come. It's only then that the church will be perfect. And lastly, the Lord cares for his church. Yes, the problems the seven churches have are real and potentially devastating. Sin needs to be dealt with in the church, not swept under the rug. Heresy must never be tolerated, and neither unrepentant sin. The Lord cares for his church, and so listen to the promises he makes for those who do not turn aside either by false doctrine or false living, but hold fast. Here is what Jesus promises the seven churches. To the one who conquers... I will grant to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. To the one who conquers, I will give some of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone with a new name written on the stone that no one knows except the one who receives it. The one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end, to him I will give authority over nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron, and I will give him the morning star. The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never blot his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. The one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, never shall he go out of it, and I will write on him the name of my God, In the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from my God out of heaven, and my own new name. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne, as I also conquered, and sat down with my father on his throne. Revelation is not scary. It is a book written to a persecuted and imperfect church, encouraging them to hold fast until their Lord comes an appropriate book for us. We find ourselves living out our faith in a culture whose ignorance of the Christian faith and the gospel has created fear and hatred of it and to those who believe it. And so, our response to the promises given in Revelation chapter 2 is written at the end of the book. Revelation 22, the prayer of every Christian who longs for God's salvation to be revealed and this age of tribulation and temptation to cease. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus.